everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pet Business Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Eliza, and I am excited to be here today and excited to help you with your pet business. Have you ever had a toxic employee? I'm not really talking about the employees who blatantly steal, lie, or cheat. What I'm talking about is more subtle. This is someone who is hurting you and your business in ways that might not be obvious. I'm going to talk today about my experience with a toxic employee. We're also going to talk about how you can spot people like this in your organization and what you can do about it if you have one. I think it's going to be an amazing show, so give the dog a bone and the kitty some catnip and let's dive right in. Today's topic is one that has affected my business recently, toxic employees. I'm recording this for several reasons. I want to help others avoid and protect themselves from toxic employee relationships. I also want to help you as a pet business owner protect your business from toxic employees. And as with many of my podcasts, I want to use my experience to help you avoid some of the pitfalls of running a small business. In 2018, I hired Linda. I had only been in business for about a year and a half, so Linda was one of the first people I hired. I'd had a less than stellar experience with the first person I hired, so when I met Linda, who seemed aligned with my vision in every way, I was ecstatic. She started out as a pet sitter with my company, but it wasn't long before she progressed to a manager position. If you run your own business, one of the first things you realize is that it's lonely, Unless you have a business partner to bounce ideas off of and discuss various aspects of the business, there aren't many people available to you to help shoulder the responsibility of running a business. If you came from a corporate environment or an office environment working with someone else, as I did, or working for someone else, as I did, you realize quickly that the peer support network that you enjoyed as an employee doesn't exist as a business owner. Yes, You can seek out other business owners, and I highly encourage that, but there is no one really outside of your company that truly understands your business and can offer specific insight into the challenges that come up. Linda became that person for me. She became a business partner in every way except on paper. It wasn't long before I was bouncing every major and many minor decisions off of Linda for feedback and validation that I was making the right choices. In the beginning, she gave valuable insight and made suggestions for the business direction that might make more sense than what I'd come up with. These suggested tweaks made the business better, and I was grateful to have someone who knew my business as well as I did to confer with. Things were going well. I was three years into my business, and I had completely stepped out of the field to work on the business full-time rather than in it. Linda was my manager in every sense of the word, including managing people. The sitters were closer to her than they were to me, and that was fine. It was the way I had designed the business. I didn't want to be the person that everyone came to nonstop with questions and needs. That's why you hire a manager, right? This gave Linda a keen insight into employee morale and attitudes toward the business policies and decisions. This was invaluable to me because it was my link to employees and allowed me to make policies that worked for most, if not all, of my employees. Linda was more than a sounding board for policy decisions. She was my go-to person for commiseration as well. When I was frustrated with the business or with an employee and needed to vent to someone, Linda was that person. 
As I mentioned, running your own business is lonely, and it's also time-consuming. In the early years especially, you have very little free time. Friends are a luxury that take away from building the business. I was no exception to that rule. I had very few friends during this time. I viewed Linda as a friend, and I spoke more openly to her about a lot of things as friends would. Things were going so well that in 2019, I made plans to make Linda a partner, a real partner in the business. I drafted a partnership agreement, I laid out terms, and I investigated profit-sharing options. Around the same time, I chose to transition from independent contractors to employees. A lot of you might be thinking about this or may have already made the decision. Given the regulatory climate then and today, this was the right choice for my business, but it did mean refiguring out how much my now employees would be paid. I set up the transition to make sure that the ICs becoming employees were kept whole financially. ICs, as you probably know, pay employment taxes themselves, whereas employees' employment taxes are paid by their employer. To keep everybody whole, I lowered the pay rates for my employees by the exact amount of the employment taxes, so in the end, the employee retained the same post-tax earnings. I wanted to make sure I was being very fair about it. I think Linda understood this change from a logical point of view, but for reasons that I still don't understand, she felt that I was lowering her pay. She seemed fine with it at the time. Business went on, and I didn't think too much about it. It would be almost two years later that Linda would bring up this change as a terrible wrong that I'd perpetrated against her. I often wonder when things started to go south with the relationship. In retrospect, I believe it was that change that ultimately led to a toxic relationship. After that point, Linda started pushing back on any policy changes. Pushing back isn't exactly the right word. It was more subtle than that. Manipulation is a better word. Instead of the helpful feedback on how to better craft an employee-friendly policy, she would come back with a list of reasons why the status quo shouldn't be changed. Her reasons were always centered around the good of the employees, never about what was beneficial to Linda. It would be a while before I'd come to realize that every suggestion Linda was making was based on her own personal agenda. She started to be abrupt in text communications, in some instances refusing to comply with requests. She started pushing the boundaries of our policies, twisting them to suit her needs. When I would call her out on this, she would deny that she'd done anything wrong. She would accuse me of asking her to be responsible for our policies and systems and then second-guess everything she did. I would call her to talk through the latest issue, and she would rant for what seemed like hours calling me names and accusing me of being a terrible person. I'd remain calm and rational and let her vent. I figured it was a stressful job. Letting her vent, even if it was abusive to me, was the right thing to do. If you know me, you know I'm all about personal accountability. I took these accusations to heart. I spent countless sleepless nights trying to figure out how to be a better leader, mentor, and manager to Linda. After these phone sessions, we would come to some strained agreement. Time would pass, and things would seem to go back to a good relationship. With every incident, though, I became more and more affected. I started second-guessing every decision I made. I dreaded and put off explaining new policies to Linda. I stopped asking for her feedback on things because I knew it would create a battle. 
I avoided making needed changes because I didn't want to deal with the fallout from Linda. I was also losing employees because of her, although I didn't know it or I didn't want to see it at the time. When employees questioned her decisions or direction, Linda was curt or downright rude to them. I should have realized this was happening since she was treating me the same way, but I was a little blind to all of this. When employees would bring up issues with Linda, I would defend her, or I would smooth it over and move on. I can't really directly link this to the reason people would leave, but I'm sure it played a big part. All this time, I convinced myself that Linda was a great employee with a few issues, but that they stemmed from my inability to effectively manage her. And there were many things she excelled at. She was efficient, responsive, and terrific with clients. Or at least I thought so. I convinced myself that these things outweighed the other negative things. And besides, if I improved my managerial skills, I could work on the negative things by being a better manager to her. My health suffered. I literally could not sleep for days before I had to bring up a major change in the business policies to Linda. I would lay out scripts ahead of time for these conversations, trying to think through every possible pushback that she'd throw at me. I was leading my company from a defensive position, constantly trying not to rock the boat or do anything that might set her off. Companies should be run from an offensive position. By that, I mean that new ideas, new policies, and new approaches should be the norm. It's how great companies evolve. In 2021, I made another major decision. I decided to shift from paying my employees by the visit to paying them by the hour. This decision was made for several reasons, one of which was to better compensate employees for travel time and allow them to have a more consistent income. I carefully laid out the new pay structure to keep my employees whole financially. Linda, as she always had, was making considerably more money than any other employee, partly due to me giving her pay raises over the last couple of years to make her happy. The new plan had every employee making at par or slightly more than what they had made under the old per-visit system, except Linda. In doing the math, unfortunately, I came to the difficult realization that if I paid Linda at the hourly rate she felt she deserved, that I'd be making a negative margin on any work she did. You can imagine how well that conversation went with her. Two weeks later, she resigned. The reason she gave was that she couldn't work for a company that screwed over its employees and that she was convinced that every employee would quit as a result of the change. Linda was fond of feigning concern for the employee's good when in reality, she was always driven by her agenda. I did have one person quit over that policy change, Linda's brother, who'd been working for me for a few months at that point. The reason he gave me for quitting, he sent me an email, was almost verbatim the protestations that Linda had made when I introduced the policy. Pretty big coincidence. After Linda left, it became clear how much damage she'd done to the business. In addition to badmouthing any policy she disagreed with to employees, she had consistently refused to let other managers take care of core parts of the business. She believed that others were incapable of learning the more complicated parts of the business and that only she was able to do them effectively. This created a knowledge hole when she left that I had to scramble to fill. 
It took me a while to realize it, but the signs were there. I just didn't want to see them. Linda felt superior to everyone around her, including me. On the outside, she played a good game. She would joke and smile and look like a team player. On the inside, it was a different story. I don't think my experience is unique. Almost no experience is. I think most people have had a Linda in their lives. As business owners, we cross paths with a lot of people. At some point, you'll hire a toxic employee. It doesn't matter how good your screening systems are. These types of people are experts at projecting the image that they want people to see. But let's talk for a minute about what a toxic employee looks like. They are unsupportive of company policies to the point where they spread this discontent to other employees. They push policy boundaries. They follow the policies enough to be able to claim they've done nothing wrong, but in reality, they are bending things in their favor. When they do get called out for something, they spin the story to protect themselves. They speak negatively behind your back to other employees and even to your clients. A toxic employee is not someone who outright lies, steals, or cheats. This is simply a dishonest employee, and they should be terminated. A toxic employee is more insidious, and on the surface is often an exemplary employee. It takes time and patience to realize you've got a toxic employee in your midst. Sometimes, even though we have an inkling that we have a toxic employee, we hang on to them, even after we start to see them for what they are. And we do this for a variety of reasons. We're afraid of losing them. This sounds counterintuitive, but while they are ultimately harmful to your business, they are still contributing to the business day-to-day in positive ways. We might hang on to them because we're afraid of them. An employee working for you is at least under some control. An employee who has been fired and is now disgruntled is a threat to your business in a variety of ways, including stealing your clients or other employees or posting untrue information about you on the internet. We might simply be too overwhelmed with the other demands of our business to deal with an issue as thorny as confronting a a toxic employee. Or we might be afraid of losing the tribal knowledge that they have and we're unable to or don't have the time to ensure that knowledge is passed to others. There are several short and long-term effects having a toxic employee in your organization can have. In the short term, this person is likely spreading the same toxic attitude around to your other employees. There's nothing an unhappy person likes more than to share their misery with anyone who will listen. And it's important to keep in mind that your employees are often more visible to your clients than you are. Having employees who are being fed negative information will project a negative attitude to your clients. Looking longer term, great pet sitting businesses are built on referrals, both employees referring other employees and clients and clients referring other clients. When this pipeline is contaminated by a toxic employee, it's difficult to build that reputation back up. Those are the negative effects on your business, but let's not forget the negative effects on you. You've worked hard to build your business. It's your baby and you're proud of it. Most of the time you look forward to working on the business. When a toxic relationship develops though, you start to dread interacting with them in your business. This hurts your health and your attitude about things, which you then pass on to other employees and clients. So how do you defend ultimately against toxic employees? 
Well, the best defense is a good offense. Making sure your sourcing, hiring, and screening processes are tight is the best way to combat bringing this type of person in in the first place. Unfortunately, though, processes are never 100% effective, but the next best thing to do is to recognize toxic employees for what they are quickly and take action quickly. It may sting in the short term to let them go, but the damage they'll do if left in place will be worse. You make dozens of decisions about your business every day. The most difficult ones we tend to put off. Try to keep a long-term perspective when you're deciding your next moves and recognize that you're doing the best you can. Ultimately, I'm grateful to Linda for helping me make better decisions in the early years and I'm grateful to her for quitting. I'm not sure I would have had the courage to fire her, quite honestly. Today, thanks to her, or the lack of her, my business is stronger and healthier, and so am I. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, I would love it if you'd leave me a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And if you're ready to take the plunge and launch your own pet business, Or if you feel a bit stagnated and want to take your existing pet business to the next level, then reach out to me for a free strategy planning session at www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. That's www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember you always have a choice. Don't forget to choose happiness.